Welcome to this sermon podcast from Myo Baptist Church, and thank you for listening to today's message. We pray that God's Word will be an encouragement to you and a reminder that the Bible has all the answers to living a successful and fulfilled life. Again, thanks for listening. We now join the service in progress. Isaiah 61, Isaiah 61, and just for a few moments tonight, I want to remind you of the great value of preaching. I love you folks, and I want you to be blessed. Whenever there's drama in your life, I hate it for you. You know, I want you to be blessed. I am on your side. I am pulling for you, which means sometimes in the preaching, it may step on your toes. Other times, you might need a pat on the back and a word of encouragement. I'm happy to do that. But I think this revival is, it's so, a revival is so unique, and these opportunities are so rare but yet I realize how much the devil fights and how, much the, how weak the flesh is. And it's my duty to try to encourage you to be here. And if I didn't think it was important, first of all, we wouldn't even be having it. You know, but, but, it, but it's biblical, and, and it's right, and, and it's necessary. And I think one of the ways I can encourage you to be here is to focus tonight, not necessarily on revival per se, but on the great value of preaching. And starting Sunday, you're going to have five opportunities, well, really six counting Sunday school. You've got Sunday school, Sunday morning, Sunday afternoon, Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday night. And really, that may sound like a lot, but if you think about it, I mean, you folks are here on Wednesday night, you're here on Sunday morning. You know, we're just talking about two additional nights, just two. So, you know, the devil might have us think, oh, so much. I don't know I can do it. No, it's just two, two additional nights. And, and, and I, know, I, I know the devil might fight you. I, I know you may feel tired, even just those two nights. You may feel like you have other things to do. You just may not feel like it. So why should you come then to hear the main focus? We're going to appreciate the music, and there's great value in music. The Bible teaches that. But the primary purpose of us coming is to hear the preaching. Why should you value that so much that it is a priority on those days? One of the reasons you should value that is that, if you think about it, preaching is one of the most powerful forces for good on the face of the earth. Good preaching, folks, can do what medicine can't can do what psychiatry can't, can do what money can't. The preaching of the Word of God is such a powerful tool, you should see it as a great privilege that you get to come and be a part of it. Now, in Isaiah chapter 61, uh, beginning in verse number 1, the Bible in that passage gives us seven reasons why you should highly value preaching. This passage in Isaiah in the Old Testament is prophecy. It it, it is foretelling the coming of Christ and what he is going to preach, what he is going to proclaim. And if Christ is preaching, we automatically know That is important. Whatever Jesus did was important. And one of his primary functions while he was here was to preach. 
are to proclaim. And in these three verses, the word preach or proclaim is mentioned three different times. That's what this passage is about. And I don't know that you've ever stopped to really think about the value of preaching. Sadly, some people have the idea, Wednesday night, got to go to church. Sunday morning, got to go to church. Sunday afternoon, got to stay for church. It's obvious that anybody that might have that mindset doesn't understand what they're getting when they're there. The value that is there. And in this prophecy about the coming of Jesus and what he's going to do, we have seven reasons given why you and I should value and appreciate preaching and take advantage of it every opportunity we get. Let's read Isaiah 61, just three verses, beginning in verse number one. It says, and this is prophecy about something that's going to happen, talking about Jesus. The Spirit of the Lord God is upon me, talking about Jesus, because the Lord hath anointed me to preach. He has been anointed to preach. That tells you right there, it's important. What happens in this pulpit and the pulpits across America on Sundays and whatever other days it might be preached from, preaching is important. It is ordained of God. That is what Jesus was ordained to do, to preach. Have you ever really thought about that? Have you ever really thought about the wonderful privilege that you get when you sit under, or I sit under, preaching? The Spirit of the Lord God is upon me because the Lord hath anointed me to preach good tidings unto the meek. He hath sent me to bind up the brokenhearted. That's all part of preaching because, again, he emphasizes that, to proclaim. That's what preach means, to proclaim. To proclaim liberty to the captives and the opening of the prison to them that are bound. And again, in verse number two, he emphasizes it for a third time. This is what I've come to do, to preach, to proclaim. And then again, in verse number two, to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord and the day of vengeance of our God, to comfort all that mourn, to appoint unto them that mourn in Zion, to give unto them beauty for ashes and the oil of joy for mourning, the garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness, that they might be called trees of righteousness, the planting of the Lord, that he might be glorified. Verse number three there is talking about Jesus and his preaching and his proclamation. And verse number three is really emphasizing the children of Israel. And his preaching to them and what this means to them. But verses 1 and 2 are preached to everyone. It's to everyone, Jew and Gentile alike. So let's notice, first of all, that Jesus was anointed of God for the purpose of preaching. Verse number 1 again. The Spirit of the Lord God is upon me because the Lord hath anointed me to preach. That means to proclaim. That means to pronounce. Understand that in the Bible, it needs to be done always by men who are called of God to do that. Okay? To a degree, all of us are called to, uh, to, to preach, to proclaim the gospel to everybody. But in a very special way, God calls and anoints certain men to that full-time ministry 
of proclaiming and preaching. For example, you don't have to turn there, but in 1 Timothy 1.12, Paul said, And I thank Christ Jesus our Lord, who hath enabled me, for the accounted me faithful, putting me into the ministry. Real preachers are called of God to do what they do, to preach and to proclaim the gospel. And those same men need to understand the importance of what they are to preach. They're not to preach their personal opinions. I mean, if you give personal opinions, I think you're obligated to let folks know. Now, this is just my opinion, and sometimes that might be of value in a message. But other than that, no, what are men to do? Well, in 2 Timothy, you don't have to turn there. Uh, chapter 4, verse number 2, preachers like Timothy are told, preach the word. Be instant in season, out of season, reprove, rebuke, exhort with all long suffering and doctrine. Special men are anointed of God to preach, and those men are to preach the word. Now, when a man preaches the word, it comes through his personality. Different preachers have different personalities. That's evident in, in the Bible. You know, Paul's personality, John's personality, Peter's personality, Timothy's personality is noted in, in the Bible. So God calls, anoints certain men to preach the word, but it comes through the context, the filter, if you will, of a man and his personality. You, you can't divorce personality from preaching. And those of you that have been saved a while, you, you know that to be true. There, there are some preachers that are quite studious. There are others that are quite bombastic, if you will. And, and that's all a good thing. But what you're, what you're concentrating on, whether it's someone that's more studious or it's someone that's more mobile and running around or whatever, bottom line is those men are to preach the word. Sometimes you might have to look past a personality. But the important thing is for that man to preach you the word. Now, what's the value then? Why is it right for me to encourage you? And I'm doing it as strongly as I know how. Why is it that I'm encouraging you to be here for Sunday school and Sunday morning and Sunday night and Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday night? Well, there are great reasons listed right here. Number one, there's seven of them. We'll go through them quickly. You should highly value preaching because it is a means of conveying good tidings. One of the things the preacher is ordained to do is to preach good tidings. That's what it's talking about in that passage. To proclaim, to preach good tidings. Good tidings is the gospel. It's the death. It's the burial. It's the resurrection of Jesus Christ. The best news somebody can get is to know that they can go to heaven through the shed blood of Jesus Christ. And one of the means of conveying that information is through preaching. 1 Corinthians 1.18 says, For the preaching of the cross is to them that perish foolishness, but to, unto us which are saved it is the power of God. What is the power of God? The preaching. The preaching of the cross. And one of the reasons we should value preaching is that if a preacher is doing his job rightly, he is going to be conveying good tidings, good News And folks, if there's anything that we need in this day and age, it is good tidings and good news. 
And one of the things you're going to avail yourself to, and one of the things if people that you invite will come, that they will hear is they will hear good tidings. And that comes through the preaching of God's word. And then he says, number two, we should highly value preaching because it can bind up the brokenhearted. It says in verse number one, the Lord hath anointed me to preach good tidings unto the meek. He hath sent me to bind up the brokenhearted. You might be here tonight, and you're brokenhearted. Brokenhearted by a difficult spouse. Brokenhearted by a wayward child. Brokenhearted by some family member that you're just burdened for, that maybe is cantankerous and just won't listen. Maybe a friend that you're brokenhearted over. The preaching of God's word is designed to help you with that. No one likes to be brokenhearted. But through the preaching of God's word, God can, can, can help you. And that's a help that you're not going to get anywhere else. You could be also, when it talks about binding up the brokenhearted, you know, as I'm studying that, what does that mean? People that are brokenhearted, like I just said, over... over a, a, a wayward child or over a, a, a difficult spouse? Is, is that what it's talking about? Or is it talking about people who are brokenhearted over their sins? You know, woe is me. I'm, I'm just a, a terrible sinner. And, you know, and usually situations like that, it's either a backslidden Christian or it's, a, it's an unsaved individual who's, who's feeling the, the guilt of sin. You know, the answer to their problems can be found in the preaching of the Word of God, which can bind the brokenhearted. What else can do that? That's one of the great values of preaching. How many people are helped on a weekly basis who are brokenhearted, who come into a church, and the Lord uses that pastor to preach the Word to them that fits their situation perfectly, that deals with that broken heartedness people that miss church are going to miss the opportunity to hear good tidings what a shame people that miss church are going to miss the opportunity particularly if they have a broken heart to have it corrected and and, and encouraged and fixed and then number three there's seven number three we should highly value preaching because it proclaims liberty to the captives So many people are held captive today. Their hearts and their minds are held captive. They're they're controlled by something. They can be held captive by the flesh, by by the world, by, by, by the influence of Satan. And when you're held captive by any of these things, that's going to take you away from God and the blessings of God and the peace and joy of knowing God or being in God's will. What's the answer to that? Preaching. It's what he says. To proclaim liberty, which is preaching. Proclaim, preach, liberty to the captives. A person who is held captive is going to be drawn away from the Lord. People that are involved in sin need to hear the preaching of God's word with the understanding that it can be set 
free. They can be set free from this. And then number four, we should highly value preaching because it opens the prison to them that are bound. In verse number one, after it says to proclaim liberty to the captives, it says, and the opening of the prison to them that are bound. Now, when I think about people that are bound in this day and age, one of the first things that comes to my mind are the people that are bound by addictions. Whether it be alcohol, drugs, tobacco, porn, whatever it might be. So many people are bound in that kind of prison. But the Bible says that the Lord came to preach and to proclaim the opening of the prison to them that are bound. Preaching can open that prison. People that have been bound by whatever addiction it might be have gained liberty and hope and help by being in a preaching service and a preacher challenging them that it is sin, it is taking you down a path you don't want to go down. Christ is the answer. He loves you. You can get victory over whatever addiction you have. Folks, that comes through preaching. Put a value on that. Just try to put a, try to put a price on, on someone getting victory in their lives over some addiction, something keeping them in prison. You, you, do you see the value? Why would anybody dare miss the opportunity to have someone preach the Word of God? I've been listening to a lot of uh, Brother Frazier's messages. You know, when I, when I come in, Sharon and I listen to them. And I think I can tell you with a high degree of certainty based on what I have listened to, he's going to preach the Word. And there's nothing more powerful than that. And why anybody would not think this is the greatest opportunity in the world. You know, people used to get excited when the circus would come to town. And Christians, you have an evangelist and a team of of musicians and young people dedicated to ministry come to town. And it's like, please come. I hope you'll come, you know. Think about that for a second. Well, when you understand the value of preaching and what can, what can be accomplished for good through preaching, man, you've got to be way more excited about this than the circus coming to town. Number five, we should highly value preaching because it proclaims the acceptable year of the Lord. In verse number two, it says that to proclaim, to proclaim, again, preaching, To proclaim, this is what Jesus came to do, to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord. What does that mean? Well, that's just the way Isaiah said, hey, listen, the acceptable year of the Lord, you know, when Jesus comes, that's going to be the time of grace. That's going to be a time you're not living under the law. It's the acceptable year of the Lord. You can come to the Lord. You can accept him. He can accept you. The the burdens of, of, of guilt, of sin can be washed away. And that's done through preaching. To proclaim, preach the acceptable year of the Lord. And I don't know exactly what Brother Frazier is going to preach on. I... I, I never know what a preacher is going to... Whenever you have a guest preacher, you know, I, I don't know what they're going to preach. I, that's between them and the Lord. If they're working in the Lord, if they're walking in the Lord's will, they, they, the Lord will show them what to preach. But I guarantee you, 
the Lord will show them what we need or show him what we need here at this church. And if there's people that are here that are unsaved, they need to know this is the acceptable year of the Lord. That's part of the good tidings. People need to hear that. And that's what preaching is to do. Number six, we should highly value preaching because it warns of the day of vengeance of our God. Verse number two, to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord. That's what preachers are to do. Now is the time to be saved. Now we're living under grace. Now you can be saved. And the day, and then he says, though, this, and the day of vengeance of our God. Vengeance, people need to hear, is coming for the unsaved. People need to know this. They may reject it, but how wrong it would be of us not to tell them. You may not be a believer. You may not want to believe. You may, you may make fun, but you need to know that God is coming again, and he will execute vengeance on all those who have blatantly and arrogantly and proudly rejected him. They need to hear that. That's a valuable That's valuable information that they need to hear. And that's part of what Jesus came to proclaim by these very words. And the day of vengeance of our God. And then lastly, we should highly value preaching because it has the ability to comfort all that mourn. So what it says at the end of verse number two, to comfort all that mourn. Sometimes... We mourn over lost loved ones that were near and dear to us. And it's heavy and it's sad. And if we're not careful, it can even become actually debilitating. Preaching can help someone with that. That's what Jesus came to do. That's exactly what it says. To proclaim to comfort all that mourn. How valuable is that? People can try to help us. People can try to encourage us. But to hear God speak through a preacher who maybe on one night or at a part of a message might talk about that, that's powerful. And that's of great value. Or it may be someone mourning over their own sins. You know, I'm a terrible sinner. I know somebody that's feeling guilt and feeling terrible and feeling bad about all the things they have done, the, the, the trouble they have caused for themselves and for others. You know, somebody might be mourning over that. And for them to come to a revival meeting and hear a preacher and the Spirit of God preach the Word of God and get up there and proclaim that, hey, you can have forgiveness of sins. You, you don't have to mourn over your sins. Your, your sins are under the blood. They're, they're, they're washed away. And for somebody to realize, really? I can be forgiven and, and it be as if it never happened? Yes, God loves you. That's what he sent Jesus for. How valuable is that? The issues of the gospel, the brokenhearted, captivity, prison, God's grace, God's vengeance, giving comfort to those who mourn. Doctors can't fix those things. Psychiatrists can't fix those things. Money can't fix those things. 
We appreciate the help of friends, but oftentimes they can't fix those things. Drugs, alcohol certainly can't fix those things. But the preaching of the Word of God. Again, let me, let me read it to you. The Spirit of the Lord God is, a, is upon me. Because the Lord hath anointed me to preach. Understand the value of preaching. Now, when you understand that Jesus is anointed to preach, and now since Jesus, God has anointed, ordained men to preach. Look, when I was called to preach, that was a serious thing. I mean, I was back in Chicago, Illinois. I took that very seriously. I mean, I didn't want to go someplace of, of my own wishes, my own desires, or I had nothing else to do, so I might as well, well preach. I, I took it very seriously, and every preacher needs to take it very seriously because it's something that you're anointed to do. And then to be called upon, as Paul told Timothy, to preach the word, listen to this. When you have a preacher that is called of God and is in God's will, and he's preaching the Word of God, why would anybody not think that's the greatest thing in the world to get to go to church and get to hear the preacher as he preaches the Word of God? Because Hebrews 4.12, for the Word of God is quick and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even to the dividing asunder of soul and spirit and of the joints and marrow. And listen to this. And is a discerner of the thoughts and the intents of the heart. The word of God is a discerner of the thoughts and the intents of the heart. And our heart can be the source of blessings and encouragement, or it can be the source of discouragement and despair. And sometimes we fool ourselves, but the Word of God is so powerful that it is a discerner of the thoughts and the intents of the heart. And when you have a God-called man of God preaching the Word of God, that's a good day. That's time well spent. That, that's a great investment of your time, and you are doing your friends a great favor when you invite them to hear a man of God preach the Word of God. Consider, folks, what I'm doing here tonight, this wasn't my idea or any other man's idea. This is God-ordained. This is His plan. I'm going to give you the Word. I'm going to give you men, and you're going to support those men, and that's going to give them time to be in the Word of God more than you can because, you know, people got to make a living, and that's His plan, and it works. And I hope that you'll go home tonight, because I will, because, look, all these messages preach to me, because I'm going to be sitting there too. And we need to understand the value of preaching. We are blessed to have this opportunity this weekend. Thank you for listening to today's message. We hope that the service was a blessing to you and that you were encouraged by God's Word. If you have any questions about Myo Baptist Church, please contact us anytime. 
You can find contact information on our website at myobaptistchurch.com. Thanks for listening.